0: Welcome to this Everyman global livestream. I'm Jeremy, your host for this unique gathering of men from across the globe. Now, over the past two Thursdays, over 10,000 men have joined this online community for men of faith. And for a bit of positive news, that number is growing again because all of you are listening to God, boldly reaching out, and encouraging men around you to explore their faith right now. So, if you're joining us for the first time, the goal of the men's global live stream is simple. We are men of faith and we are looking to God's word, the Bible, and we're seeking clear direction for how we can live out our faith in the midst of COVID-19. And by the looks of it, we're going to be extending the Corona Chronicle men's global livestream for the next five weeks. Now on behalf of our team here at Everyman, we're excited that you are here. We are united with you as brothers in Christ. We are praying for you and your families. We're asking for God's healing and mercy and peace upon those who are suffering physically and emotionally. Now, to get us ready for today's time together, let me ask you a personal question. How do you react when your plans are interrupted? Now be honest, do you get frustrated like me? Do you say things like, really? Or maybe you say, you've got to be kidding me right now. Or maybe my personal favorite is, seriously? And uh, those are just the PG-rated versions, but they all mean the same thing. You had an expectation. And now, through no faults of your own, that expectation is being replaced with a situation, and you must now adjust to it and navigate it. Now, before this crisis hit, many of us were riding the wave of economic prosperity, and now we find ourselves in a whitewash of financial uncertainty. Now, before this, job security was at an all-time high, and now a lot of us, unfortunately, are filing for unemployment. And For some of us, our family health was the best ever, and now a lot of us have family members or know of someone who is fighting for their lives. Now, no human being plans their own interruptions, but God, on the other hand, has the power to use life's unwelcome interruptions to achieve what our carefully planned smooth seas could never do. In part three of the Corona Chronicles, men's expert and pastor Kenny Luck is going to reveal straight from God's Word the key decisions every man must make to move from a place of frustration or even depression, to a place of expectation and hope when it appears your plans and dreams are being interrupted. Now, my question is this, do you know anybody experiencing any of the situations I just mentioned? And I'm sure you do. So take a second and share this live stream. I- I'm serious, do it right now because everyone in your life needs hope and the presence of God as they face the future. Now, let's join Men's Expert Pastor Kenny Luck live from the Everyman Studios in Southern California for this exclusive global men's live stream, The Corona Chronicles, God's Unplanned Plan for Our Lives. Good morning,
1: men, and welcome to the global live stream. Uh, This morning, before we go into God's word, uh, as a community of men, my mind is on those who are suffering right now, uh, people right now, uh, all over the globe are in pain. They're suffering loss. Uh, there are doctors and nurses who, by the by, the tens of thousands worldwide, that are treating the sick, um, and they're saving hundreds of thousands uh, of people. And then there are those who are just lying in bed alone, and they're wondering uh, what's gonna happen to their life and if they're gonna live, and and my mind is on them. And I know that a lot of us, uh, including myself, sometimes you can, you can succumb to the wave of feeling powerless, but then God speaks into that. God tells me who I am. He says, no, you're, you're a son of the King and you're not powerless. God says, you know, I, I say that as men of faith, that same power that raised my son Jesus from the dead, that's the same power that lives in you. My word says that the prayers of righteous men accomplish much. And even Jesus, in commissioning his disciples, is commissioning us. He commissioned the disciples to confront sickness, to pray over sickness, and to heal sickness, listen, in his name. And so if you're in agreement with me on what God says is true, that we're crucified with Christ, that we're resurrected with Christ, that we're seated right now with Christ, which means that we have access to God's power, and to God's throne. If you believe with me and are in agreement with me that what God says is true, then we're gonna pray. And we're gonna give comfort and give strength and give peace and give hope through Jesus to people. So let's believe right now, guys, just as we get started, for all of those who are caught up in fear and caught up in pain and caught up in loss and caught up in suffering, uh, let's believe what God says is true. And let's set our feelings aside and let's approach God's throne in faith together. We're going to raise that shield of faith together. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to plunge the sword of God's truth into this circumstance together. All right? So let's let's go to God in faith right now and let's pray for this situation. God, you said that if your people who are called by your name will just humble themselves and pray And turn from their wicked ways. That you will hear from heaven. That you will forgive sin. And that you will heal lands. You will heal territories. You will heal large regions. And everyone who dwells in them. And so God, we choose right now in faith to believe that. Lord, you said that your righteous ones will live by faith. And if we shrink back, you'll not be pleased with us. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who believe and are saved. And so right now, just like the friends who brought their their paralyzed buddy to you, Jesus, and they, they scratched their way through the roof and they lowered their friend before you because you could do for their friend what they could never do. Lord, we do the same thing now in faith in Jesus' name. God, we are presenting to you every single person on planet Earth who is suffering loss. We present to you every single person on planet Earth who is alone and who is in pain and who is sick from COVID-19. God, we present every person connected to those people who are in fear and who are wondering and who are praying and who are talking to you, God. We present them. We present all the doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals and paramedics and and people who are on the front line responding, God, who are going to war against an enemy they cannot see. We pray for them. And God, we pray right now in Jesus' name for your comfort and for your peace, and for your wisdom, and for your assurance, and for your Holy Spirit, and for your healing mercy, to fall on every one of those people. Jesus, when you left earth, you said, it's better that I go, because you were gonna send the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, as the agent of the power of God, we release you into the lives of every single person, and every single category, that we have just proclaimed. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to touch, we ask you to be over, be on every single person who's suffering. Lord, we remember as Americans right now, and just as people, uh, the people of New York right now who are really in the middle of it. And Lord, we pray for wisdom for Governor Cuomo. We pray for every nurse and doctor who's walking into a hospital right now or who's treating people. And Lord, for every city, that's a hot spot. And then Lord, for the rest of us, God, we pray that you would just help us to seek you, to fast and pray. And Lord, we know that based on your promise, you're gonna hear from heaven. You're gonna forgive. You're gonna do a great spiritual work. And you're gonna heal. And we believe that you're gonna do that. In Jesus' name, and all God's men say, amen. Well, if you have a Bible, I want you to hold your spot in Philippians chapter three and make sure that you download the notes or if you don't have notes, don't sweat it. We're gonna put things in the lower part of your screen so that you can join along with us. But what I wanna do, especially for those who are just now joining us, I wanna review the main theme of this exclusive series called the Corona Chronicles. And the main theme is this, because my life is disrupted, because my life is paused uh, or even stopped or because I'm in an adverse circumstance, right? That doesn't mean that God's plan, God's power, and God's purposes aren't powerfully uh, at work. All right? And this is where we have to recognize the spiritual battle. Because in a in a global moment like this and in a negative circumstances where, where there's bad news coming, there's good news about the bad news. Um, and that is, is that God is at work. But the battle, the temptation inside of all of us right now is, is to think, oh, because of this adversity, somehow... God is absent or God has removed himself from our lives or his purpose has stopped or there can't be anything good that's going to come from this and as believers as men of faith as followers of Jesus we know that that's not true and here's why we know that's not true and this is where we need to let what God says is true replace what we're feeling and what God says is true is the gospel that in in the at the heart of the gospel is adversity And God being present and near in adversity. No one looked, uh, including Jesus, at the cross and at his torture and crucifixion as a positive thing, right? So faith doesn't ignore those facts, but faith doesn't ignore also God in the middle of those facts. And in the middle of the fact of the crucifixion of Jesus was that God was present, God was at work, and God was effecting salvation and redemption for you and I. That's the heart of the gospel. And that's what we need to remember. So God is not absent in adversity. No, God's redeeming adversity and using it for many of his good purposes and plans in our lives. So we want to embrace that individually. We want to uh, embrace that as a collective in the body of Christ and as the mission of the church. That's why Paul says to the church and to believers, our theme verse in Philippians 1:27. And uh, you can read this together with me on the footer or if you have the notes, ready? Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for faith in the gospel. And so that's what we're learning. Whatever happens, we're going to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And that's really the theme, right? Because there's some crazy stuff happening and our commission and call from the word of God and from God himself in this situation is that is that we as believers in Jesus are going to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Well, what does it look like? It looks like we're standing firm in the spirit of God. It looks like we're striving together. That's what we learned last time, that in the midst of this craziness, God is is creating a togetherness that wouldn't be here otherwise. That's That's part one of God's unplanned plan. And then today, and on your notes, you can write this down. What's God's unplanned plan in the midst of this craziness? Well, this craziness, the whatever happens, is creating faithfulness. And that's right there in God's word. It says, whatever happens, we're going to stand firm in the one spirit. We're going to strive together. And then here's the object, for faith in the gospel. Right? I think you can agree with me uh, that this situation is causing people to now stop trusting in other things and start trusting in and looking at God. In fact, a recent study by the Joshua Fund that came out just two days ago said that 44% of Americans believe that the COVID-19 episode is their wake-up call for God in their lives. You see, God is at work all around you. I mean, that's, that's almost one out of two people are turning to faith. So this craziness is not just creating togetherness and kind of a new cooperation and a new spirit in that, in that regard, but it's also creating new faith in the gospel. People are turning to God. And so if that's God's unplanned plan, if in the craziness he's creating togetherness, we're here now, and if in the craziness he's creating more faith and faithfulness, then the question for you and I is this, how do I become more faithful right now? Not later, not after this is over, but right now, today, how do I become more faithful right now? How do I join with with what God is doing and creating more faith in Him on earth? And that's where we're just gonna continue this, this study in the book of Philippians, and we're gonna to go to chapter three, beginning in verse seven, and kind of continue the conversation with the headline being Hey, whatever happens, we're gonna stand firm in the Spirit, we're gonna to strive together, and we're gonna grow in faithfulness, uh, and we're gonna continue that conversation. Paul says that to cooperate with God's plan and become more faithful, write this down. Uh, we start doing that by making a new commitment spiritually. This circumstance should not leave you the same spiritually as when you entered it. That is God's plan. And that's why Paul talks about in the midst and context of a crazy circumstance where he's in quarantine, and he's separated from people, and he's isolated from people, he's talking about the shift in his thinking and the new commitment spiritually that God is working into his life in the midst of his quarantine, he says this, verse seven, chapter three, but whatever were gains to me, listen, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having of righteousness that comes uh, from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. So you see this situation creating some pressure. Pressure is squeezing out true values, true beliefs, uh, true Faith and Paul's faith now is coming out, and he's describing this shift the circumstance and his faith in Christ is creating. And you know what he's saying? It's really simple. I used to think this way, and I used to think these things are now important, but now they're not as important to me as they were before. You know what's important now? Knowing Christ, trusting Christ, experiencing Christ. You know, you see three phrases in there. You see, I now consider, and I consider, and then I consider them garbage. You know what that represents? It Remember, it represents a thought process where the circumstance has imposed himself on him, and he's now a believer in the midst of an adversity, and he's going, you know what? Now what's really important is coming out. You know, all of those things I used to trust in, not as important. The resume I used to have, not as important. All the status I used to have, not as important. In fact, he considers them in this text, Garbage. The Greek word for that word, garbage. You know what it. You know what it means in common American slang. Crap, feces, dung. There's other colorful words for that word, garbage. But you know what he's saying. He's saying. You know what. I'm. I'm. I'm going to stop worshiping the crap. I'm going to stop considering the crap important. The garbage. The, the things that I that used to give me meaning, and I'm having a shift. And he says, I consider them garbage. Why? Listen, that I may gain Christ, right? He's He's having a whole new spiritual renewal in the midst of this situation. He's making a new commitment spiritually to do what? To know Christ, to trust Christ, to experience Christ. All right, wherever you are, I want you to say this with me. To know Christ, to trust Christ, and to experience Christ. He goes on and he says, "You know what? I'm not I'm going to stop worshipping things I used to worship, trusting things I used to trust. Now I want to gain Christ." Okay? This is my new commitment spiritually, and I want to be found in him. If you're listening at home, say "in him." All right? In the midst of this, God is saying, "I want you to be found in me doing what?" All right? Trusting Christ. Paul says, I I want to be found in him through faith in Christ. I want to become new. I want to become more righteous through faith, on the basis of faith in Christ. And then he explains exactly what that is. In the last sentence of that passage, he says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know. Listen, the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. What is God's unplanned plan? He wants you to make a new commitment spiritually to know Christ, trust Christ, experience Christ. And what does it look like? You're going to know new power, resurrection power in the midst of this. All right, And because you're going to be filled with resurrection power in the midst of this situation, you can participate in the sufferings that are going on, becoming like Jesus. Now, what does that mean? participation in suffering, becoming like him in his death. Well, when Jesus was in the process of going to his death, Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and he was battling on the inside. And he said, Father, could you take this cup from me, this circumstance? Can you take this adversity from me? And then he says, yet not my will, but your will be done. There is even a transition in the heart of the Son of God, fully man and fully God in that moment. And this is the first time we see Jesus facing the will of God, not wanting to do it, but then he models for us surrender and commitment to the will of God in the midst of adversity. And he says, yet not my will be done, but your will be done. He says no to himself in order to say yes to God's will and to you and I. And then he goes to the cross. So what is God's unplanned plan in the midst of the COVID-19 episode? Well, we know one thing is true, that in the midst of this craziness, he's creating togetherness. But in the midst of this craziness, he's also generating new shifts of faith and a new commitment spiritually. That's how you can get on board with what God is up to right now. So what what new commitment are you gonna be making spiritually coming out of this? What is God doing in you? How is he changing your thinking? about his will, about your purpose, about where you spend your energy, start thinking about that right now. Start journaling that. Start writing that down. Start telling your wife, telling your kids that you're going to come out of this not the same way that you went into it. So that's how you can cooperate and become more faithful. Number two, I can become more faithful right now because that's what God is doing by preparing myself for significant change. And again, it's this domino of what God is doing. God's creating faithfulness. God's causing us to make new spiritual commitments. And now God's beginning, gonna begin to ready us for significant spiritual change. Let's go to the next sentence in the same conversation from the quarantined man of faith. So he talks about knowing Christ, trusting Christ, experiencing Christ on the basis of faith, knowing power, being able to participate in Christ's suffering, saying no to himself, saying yes to God and people. And then he says this, beginning in verse 12 of Philippians chapter 3, he says, Not that I have already obtained all this. So we're in a moment prior to significant change happening. There's these new desires. His faith is growing. And he says, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me, brothers and sisters. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. So you see Paul preparing himself for significant change. He's saying, I'm not there yet, but I'm gonna get there. And I need to focus on taking hold of that, all right, for which Christ took hold of him. And do you know that that statement right now is over your life? That God's unplanned plan is that you take hold of that for which Christ took hold of you. Well, why did Christ take hold of us by coming to earth, living a perfect life, dying a perfect death, erasing sin, and making an opportunity for us to participate in his life? Why did he do that? Why did Jesus go forward in his adversity for us? All right, well, Jesus laid hold of us in that way to make us new. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man, okay, so that's all of us. If you're watching, that's you. If any man is in Christ, right, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things are new. So in the midst of this adversity, that is never more true right We're making new commitments spiritually. And guess what we are now readying ourselves for significant spiritual change. Look at what it says in second Corinthians 5:15 and if you're at home, uh, re- let's read that together, right? It says this, ready And he died for all, that those who live, that's you and I, should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. You see, When Christ died for us, uh, he, he meant for us to remember and recognize it on a continuous basis. Why? Because that's the game changer. That's why he had the last supper with the disciples. That's why he said, whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. When Christ died for us, we recognize it. And then that's the game changer. We stop living for ourselves and we start living for God. So what is God's unplanned plan? in COVID-19, right? Well, this craziness is creating new faithfulness and to become more faithful, we gotta make new spiritual commitments and we gotta prepare ourselves for significant spiritual change. You're not there yet, all right? But you are now focused like a laser on laying hold of that purpose for which Jesus laid hold of you. Number three, We can become more faithful right now because that's what God's up to, creating more faithfulness by giving my strongest energy to my truest identity. You see the shift that's going on when the temporal and the earthly is shifting, the eternal kicks in because that's foundational and that's solid. And one of the ways God is creating more faithfulness is by moving you and I to give our strongest energy, not to the things of earth but to give our strongest energy to our truest identity. So in the midst of crazy, Paul paints a picture of this escalation in energy that's gonna go toward his truest identity. Listen to what he says in Philippians chapter three in the next set of verses, verses 13 through 16. So finishing the last verse, he says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. All right, then verse 13, the second half, but one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize, listen, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you, only let us live up to what we have already obtained. You see how Paul is not going to put energy into his past, the good and bad of his past. He says, you know what? I'm not there yet. I'm getting myself ready for significant change. And part of getting ready for significant change is I have to stop dwelling in the past, past mistakes or past glories, past titles, past bank accounts, past uh, successes, past defeats, because that past is not going to help me in the present. So he says, forgetting what is behind. And then he says this, in the picture, you can see this picture uh, of a runner running a race and straining and, and, and calling all his energy together, straining toward not what's behind, but what's ahead. And you know, that's part of participating in the creation of God's faithfulness in his sons and daughters right now is that he's focusing us. He's saying, you're going to make new spiritual commitments. You're going to prepare yourself for significant change that's coming in this and on the other side of this. And you know what? When you you come out, you're going to be giving your strongest energy to who you really are. You're going to strain. You're going to pull it together. You're going to press on toward the goal. Listen, to win the prize for which God has called you heavenward. right? God has called all of us heavenward. That's going to become our focus. That's where our truest identity lies. The Bible says we've been crucified with Christ. That means we're dead to sin. The Bible says we're resurrected with Christ. That means we're alive to God. The Bible says we're seated with Christ. That means that we have access right now to the power of heaven through Christ because that's where we're headed. We got a seat at the table. So in the midst of this, Your truest identity is being sharpened, disciplined, you know, and and when we talk about identity, it means how you define yourself. Who are you? Well, I'm going to tell you who you are from the mouth of God. You're created by God. You're created for God, and you're going to God. Those are the truest things about you, and the truest thing about you is calling you, just like it was calling Paul in the midst of this adversity, heavenward to, to, to take a new view of things. So, His strongest energy, just like the runner who's disciplining themselves in that last part of the race, is calling together their energy. All right, you know what Jesus said? Jesus said in John chapter 9, verse 4, as long as it is day, we, that means him and everyone who follows him, as long as it is day, that means with as much time as we have left, we must work the works of him who sent me. For night is coming when no man can work. You know what? This is a reset of life, right? We're realizing that we don't control anything, that our money isn't going to buy us uh, control and, and predict the rest of our lives. Uh, God is resetting that, and he's, he's saying, hey, guess what? You need, between this moment and when you come to heaven... Right now, you're heavenward, you're coming to heaven, but between now and when you get there, you're going heavenward. You need to put your strongest energy into your truest identity. God is calling you heavenward, that's your truest identity, and you need to put your energy in that place. And then he says, Hey, you know what? Mature people of faith think like that. What does that mean to think like that? What does it mean to be spiritually mature? It means to have an eternal perspective on your earthly life, that this is a vapor that we need to make the most of this opportunity. So how can you become more faithful right now? Make a new spiritual commitment. All right. Prepare yourself for significant change. The man in quarantine says, and then by giving your strongest energy to your truest identity, I pray that inside of you, there's a work going on that helps you see life for how short it is and that we only have a limited amount of time and we have a scheduled meeting with Jesus. And with that limited time, we're gonna put as much energy as possible into that. Number four, we're gonna get more faithful right now by investing in godly relationships. And this makes the most sense of all. In fact, that's why we're all here. We're all here because we're men of faith and we want to experience God's will in the midst of this adversity. And so we're coming together and, and that's God's purpose. How, are, how am I going to become more faithful right now and participate in God's blood? I need to get together with other men. In fact, right now, we're doing it digitally. Thank God that for all of the junk that the digital streaming world creates for men, right now, we're redeeming that. God is redeeming that. God is shoving the digital streaming gift in, right in the face of evil. And here we are getting together to seek God and to study his word together uh, as brothers and as a community of men who believe in Jesus. Look at what Paul says in the midst of crazy. What does God's man tell other, other Christians? In Philippians 3 verse 17, just the next sentence, he says, join together. Everybody that's watching this, say these words with me, join together right? He says, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us, plural, for a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Isn't that the truth? That if I want to grow in faithfulness, I have to join together with faithful men and I have to keep my eyes together on faithful men. And then he goes on, for as I have often told you before and now tell you again even with tears many live as enemies of the cross of christ their destiny is destruction their god is their stomach and their glory is in their shame their mind is set on earthly things do you see the picture that paul is creating He's saying in the midst of this craziness, God's creating faithfulness. He's working in individuals. They're making new commitments spiritually. They're preparing themselves for significant change. They're deciding, I'm a man of God. That's my truest identity. I'm going to give my strongest energy to that. And then Paul says, you know what? All of you individuals, you form a collective. You come together. You lock shields. You raise that spear. You join together. You... You you follow each other's examples, right? You keep your eyes on people who are committed to Jesus. You connect with those who are committed to Jesus in this time. That's what God's doing. For many of you, you've lived your life in spiritual isolation. And because you've lived your life in spiritual isolation, your your impact for God and your faith in God is here. But now, here you are. You're on a an men's national live stream, and God is speaking to you directly. And he's saying, you know what? Isolation kills, connection conquers. And that's the message that Paul is sending to these believers in the middle of a quarantine and an adverse circumstance. And he's saying, you know what? Time to join together. Time to follow each other's examples. Time to, time to keep your eyes on those who live as we do. How, what's that look like? All right. Men who trust God, men who are, are, are knowing God, men who are experiencing God in the midst of this. And then he contrasts the other side, the broken male culture that's out there. You know, it says, for there are many who live as enemies of the cross. So here we are in the midst of COVID-19 and we're men of faith. And then there's, there's others who don't live as men of faith. And they're actually enemies of the cross. And we have to decide, all right, who are we going to be with right now? And who are we going to be with after this is over? And what's the rest of our lives going to look like, Men? The Bible says, and it's right there on your notes, and it'll be right on the bottom of your line. I want us to read Proverbs 27, 17 together because this is what God is doing with millions of men across the world. Ready? As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Do you see the picture? That's why I'm doing this with my hands. This is you and you're a blade. And here we are coming up against each other and we're rubbing uh, against each other like this. And whatever is, sh- is shaping and sharpening is stronger than what is being sharpened, all right? So this right here is a sharpening stone and it's shaping the edge of the blade, why? Because this blade right now and coming out of this circumstance, this blade right here, your life, you, you gotta perform. And your friends will either sharpen you to your goals as God's man or they'll dull you to your goals. And you see, that's what God is doing right now. He's saying, you know what? I want you to become more faithful to me. I'm creating faithfulness in this craziness. You're going to make new spiritual commitments. You're going to prepare yourself for significant change. You're going to realize who you are and put your energy there. And guess what? There are other guys that I am calling right now in this moment. I'm raising up and you're going to invest in those relationships and you're going to sharpen one another. You see, Adverse circumstances really reveal the quality, listen, they really reveal the quality and presence and health of your friendships. And I know that I'm talking to many of you right now. you got a little helicopter in your belly because you know that you have not been connecting on a regular basis with other godly men. And that is not God's plan. In fact, in his word in 2 Timothy 2.22, he says, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith gentleness and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. That's that's not a consideration. That's not a suggestion. That's a command in God's word. And right now you're realizing, you know what? I don't have men of faith that I'm connecting with on a regular basis. Well, that's going to change. I know we're going to be together for at least the next five weeks, counting this week, based on the guidelines that are out. But what happens after that? You know what? Here at Everyman, our team, we're, we're committed to helping you stay connected. You're going to invest in godly relationships. In fact, we're working on a technology that will allow you to, to have a meeting, a virtual group of men anywhere in the world. You're going to see faces on your screens and we'll keep you posted on what's happening there. But you need to invest in godly relationships. So again, let's review. In the midst of this craziness, God is creating a new togetherness. That goes with the point we just talked about. Man, we're coming together. God is rallying us. We're locking shields. We're we're grabbing the hilt of our sword. God's truth, God's word. And we're on the march right now. And we're preparing ourselves for significant spiritual change. We're making new commitments. We're, We're redefining ourselves and giving our energy to who we really are. And now we're seeking out fellowship and camaraderie. Why? For the sake of encouragement. Can I just tell you right now today what would be an awesome thing? If you thought of five guys that you could just say, hey man, what's God doing in your life? How can I pray for you? And start connecting even right now so that afterwards you can begin to get together with them virtually or in your church or at a coffee shop because you're gonna invest now. That's what God is doing in godly relationships. So if my strongest hope is in Christ, and if my strongest hope is in heaven, then I'm gonna discipline myself to make new spiritual commitments, prepare for change, give my strongest energy to my truest identity and invest in godly relationships. And that's really the point, right? How can we participate in becoming more faithful because this craziness is creating more faithfulness, write this down by staying focused on my strongest hope. You know what? That's half the battle, isn't it? We know that in any project, we know that in any venture, we know that in any effort, we know that in any task or project focus, Focus creates outcomes, right? When you dilute your focus by focusing on a lot of things, the quality of the outcome goes down. But anytime there's an increased focus on on one thing, on the strongest thing, on the things that matter, man, the outcomes are amazing. You get higher focus, higher quality, better outcomes. And you know what God is doing right now? He's moving all of us. He's shifting the ground around us so that we now, our focus narrows. Not on the things of the world, not on what we thought would give me, but we focus on our strongest hope. And that is what the man in quarantine says to other believers in the midst of adversity. Philippians chapter three, verse 20. Let's read it together. He says, but our citizenship, who we are, is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Man, that gives me hope. I love the language that Paul uses here. He's saying, hey, you know what? Uh, Earth is a camping trip, guys. All right. You don't bring a sofa and a plasma screen into a tent. In other words, you don't bring things that last or are meant to last into a temporary experience. No, you just kinda, you get along with with, with what you have and you, you invest where you live. Guys, our citizenship, our home, all right? We're secure, we're seated with Christ. We have a home in heaven if you believe in Jesus Christ. And because that's where your home is, That's where you invest, all right? And we need to stay focused on that because then we live here on earth more effectively and more eternally when we remember earth is like a camping trip, man. It it all folds up and it all goes back in the box. Then we go home. And I love the language that Paul uses. He's saying, hey, our citizenship is in heaven and we're waiting for a savior from there who brings everything under his control. You see... This is all heading in the exact direction that God wants it to. This COVID episode on planet Earth is part of a puzzle of brokenness and redemption and glory. And we're in the middle of God's plan of redeeming Earth. And one day it's gonna be redeemed and God's bringing everything under his control and he's going to transform. He's gonna transform our bodies. And they're going to be like his, but he's going to transform on earth. So what's the encouragement? I want us to bring bring us to the words of Jesus kind of as we wrap up. So we're going to stay focused on our strongest hope. That's why Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 19 and 20. He said, don't, all right, there's a do and a don't. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Instead, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. And then he says this, for wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. What's Jesus saying? While you're on earth, let your affection, let your focus, let your energy be put into heavenly things. You see, we invest in what we're interested in. If you're interested in Jesus, if you're interested in heaven, if you're interested in faith, if you're interested in God's will, right now you're investing energy, you're storing up treasures in heaven. And can I just say something? Every believer knows that investing in God, loving him and loving others is really just a postponed commitment to yourself. It's not selfish to want to love God more, love people more because Jesus Christ right there is incentivizing us right now to live for God while we're on earth. And here's why it's not selfish. What's selfish is if you have a loaf of bread and there's hungry people around you and you don't share it, that's selfish. It's selfish when there's a limited supply of stuff. It's not selfish when there's an unlimited supply of reward. And God is saying, you know what, fellas, my sons, It's not selfish to aggressively love me and live for me right now, to make new spiritual commitments, to prepare yourself for change, to invest in godly relationships, and to stay focused because there's a reward on the other side. So here we are, fellas, in the midst of COVID-19, listening from where you're listening from with your network of relationships, with everybody in, in your smartphone, wondering, how are you doing? And in this moment, will the light come on? That's the question. Are you going to wake up? Like it says in the scripture, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That's what God's doing worldwide. He's waking us up to our faith. And so let me just encourage you with that passage of scripture from the Bible. It says, for you were once in darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. So live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists, listen, in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Isn't that what God is doing? God is waking us up, and in the midst of this craziness, he's creating a new togetherness. And it's so consistent with who is who he is because Jesus entered our craziness on earth to die a death to bring us together with God. In the midst of this craziness, God is creating a new faithfulness to him. And isn't that consistent with who Jesus is The man from heaven comes to earth and in the midst of adversity and the craziness of the cross, which made no sense, he's faithful and God redeems his faithfulness in the midst of that adversity and it brings salvation and redemption to humanity and the hope of heaven. That's what God is doing and that's what God wants us to wake up to. So that's the word of the Lord. We're gonna wake up sleeper. We're gonna rise and we're gonna let the light of Christ shine in us and through us, and we're gonna become more faithful because that was God's unplanned plan for this circumstance. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this moment in your word. Thank you that it is with crystal clarity that we see how you are at work. God, we acknowledge who you are. You're majestic, you're over your creation, you're bigger than all of this, you're using all of this, you're sovereign, you're holy, you're moving. And right now, God, I sense that you are touching hearts right now, you're touching the hearts of men, Lord. There are men that are listening to the sound of my voice right now. They know the exact spiritual new commitment that they need to make, and they're making it before you right now. If you're hearing my voice and that's you, just say, yes, Jesus, I'm making that new commitment. There are men right now listening to my voice, Lord, and you have been preparing them for a great spiritual change in their life, and their hearts are getting ready. And if that's you right now, just say, Jesus, I'm readying myself. I'm ready. I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm ready for it. I want to lay hold of that for which you lay hold of me so that I fulfill your purpose for my life on earth. Lord, I know that that, that there are men right now where They've been letting other identities shape them before this crisis, but now you're changing their, their their thinking. You're gonna you're gonna exchange that that garbage, Scubala, crappy thinking, and the the idols that 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 are not you. And you're gonna exchange those for knowing Christ and trusting Christ and experiencing Christ. That's our our commitment to you, God. Right now, we're gonna say yes to that together. Lord, as a community of men, we want to know you, the power of your resurrection, and to participate in your suffering, becoming like you in your death, Jesus. We're coming out of this. We're going to start saying no to ourselves and yes to you and other people. And then God, I pray right now that um, in the midst of these new relationships that we're forming, Lord, that they'll continue. We're going to invest in godly relationships. Sharpen us right now. Sharpen our blade through relationships with other men. Sharpen our hope Because you want us to wake up. Because you're coming again, Jesus. And we're going to be ready for you. So Jesus, we pray for those who suffer once again. We pray for those who are on the front line. We pray that we would shine the light of Christ and be a source of encouragement. And then God, help us to share this message that we've just had in your word, this experience with everybody that we know. In Jesus' name, we pray. And God's men said, amen. We'll see you next week. And the reason he's not taking his place is because he loses his vision of God, which then he loses his perspective. You're out of place. And God is calling you back to take your place as a, as a God's man who's a husband, as a God's man who's a dad, as a God's man who's a friend, as a God's man who's a neighbor. Because no one else can take the territory that only you can take and that God has assigned you to take in this hour.